You're watching ABC. Bam. Bam. Hello and welcome to episode four of the Man Meets World podcast. I am your host, Brandon, the man that is meeting the world, and I thank you for tuning in. I love you all. If you happen to be listening for the first time, let me tell you what this podcast is all about. I am a 31-year-old super fan of the Boy Meets World television series, and for your listening pleasure... And to my viewing pleasure, I am re-watching every episode in chronological order and then recording my thoughts, opinions, giving you the breakdown, sharing my memories, yada, yada, yada. Now, the reason why I think Man Meets World is a unique podcast is because I grew up with the show. I lived almost parallel lives To Corey Matthews. I can relate to him. And a lot of the situations he went through. Plus. Because I grew up with the show. I have memories of watching. Brand new episodes. I remember watching some of these episodes. As they aired. I remember watching them during the summer. When TJF aired their reruns. And now as an adult. I can watch the show. From a different perspective. Because one. I'm an adult. Kind of. And two, I'm a teacher, so I understand now where Mr. Feeney, damn it, I made it through almost an entire episode last time without doing that, and now within the first minute or two, here I am saying, damn it, I did it again. It's going to be a very long episode if I keep doing that, but I'm going to try to control myself. It's very hard. But as I was saying, now I can see things from the from the perspective of let me see if I can do this normally. Mr. Feeney. There we go. Because like I said, I am a teacher. Now I am super excited about this episode because we are taking a look at quite possibly my favorite episode of season one. Definitely, I would say, the most important episode of season one, because not only are we introduced to a main character that we have not seen yet, but we are going to be introduced to a storyline into a relationship that becomes the foundation of the entire series over all seven seasons. So... If you are a fan of Boy Meets World, and I'm guessing you are, you might already know that I am talking about Season 1, Episode 4, an episode titled Corey's Alternative Friends. It originally aired on October 15th, 1993. In conclusion, some products snooze every day cause algae to grow in lakes. Cutting off oxygen and disrupting the ecosystem. So, what we've learned is that we must choose biodegradable products to help protect our environment. 
Excellent report. Inspired visuals. <laughs> Next team. affects our everyday life. Excellent topic. <laughs> Denver, high atop the majestic Rocky Mountains. Elevation 5,000 feet. Philadelphia, <laughs> lying low in the Delaware Basin, 250 feet above sea level. Well researched. Denver, clean, crisp, mountain air. Philadelphia, <laughs> polluted industrial smog. Mile High Stadium, home of the Colorado Rockies. Veteran Stadium, home of the Philadelphia Phillies. Oh, here we go. The Rockies, a bogus expansion team, mind you, are averaging four more runs per game than anyone in the league because of their clean air. Our theory is if Philadelphia would clean up its smoggy air, the ball would slice through the atmosphere with a greater velocity. Therefore, the Phillies would score more runs. And win every home game. The end. So, how'd you like our report? Stinks. Stinks. How'd you like my hat? Now, we begin this episode in what I call room number two of the school. If you have listened to the previous episodes, and if you have not, why the hell not? Go to iTunes, download them, and listen to them, or you're going to make me even angrier than I already am. I'm going to try to put this as kindly as possible. The show has turned into a circus. Sorry. I, I just, I'm just really passionate sometimes. I, uh, I apologize for my anger outburst. But as I was saying, if you have listened to this podcast before, then you know I have come to the conclusion, based on what I've seen on camera, that this school is comprised of only two rooms. Room number one is the cafeteria, this show starts in room number two, which is Mr. Feeney. I almost did it again. Mr. Feeney's classroom. And we begin with two young ladies giving an oral presentation about biodegradable products. Now, one of these young women, if you are a child of the 90s like myself, will look extremely familiar. She was one of the hottest chicks of the decade at least for teenage boys she appeared in almost every family sitcom i believe most notably probably would be full house she played stephanie tanner's edgy friend gia who becomes not so edgy when she hangs out with the tanners for an extended period of time i'm talking about marla Sokolov. Marla freaking Sokolov. And starting next Friday, she can be seen in the new film Sugar and Spice. Please welcome Marla Sokolov. Marla freaking Sokolov. Gia from Full House. The edgy friend of Stephanie Tanner. Yeah. She appears in this episode of Boy Meets World. If you have no clue who I'm talking about, shame on you. Google her. Marla freaking Sokoloff. Or uh, just Google Marla Sokoloff. You can leave out the freaking. But I think you'll recognize her if you do not recognize the name and you have no clue what I'm talking about. I think you would recognize her. Especially, definitely, 
if you're a child of the 90s like myself. And we're going to find out that Marla freaking Sokoloff plays a little bit of an edgy, mean girl in this episode as well. But for right now, they are two unnamed females giving an oral presentation on biodegradable products. It goes very well. Mr. Feeney is very pleased, and he calls up the next group, comprised of Mr. Sean Hunter and Mr. Corey Matthews. Now, they are doing an oral presentation on air pollution, and it starts well enough. Mr. Feeney seems pretty impressed. They are shouting out some facts. They obviously did some research. But as the presentation goes on, Mr. Feeney starts catching on to where this is going. You see, they keep shouting out facts about the air quality of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, their hometown, and Denver, Colorado. And they keep comparing the two. And the funny part is, is that they're standing in front of one of those huge maps of the United States that you probably remember from your school days, or if you are still in school listening to this podcast, you probably have it in your classroom now. Um, and they are pointing at different parts of the United States. They're only talking about two cities, Philadelphia and Denver, Colorado. But they keep pointing at different parts of the United States. They are all, all over the map. Obviously, they have no clue where either city or state is. They're pointing at uh, Florida. They're pointing in Washington State, they are, all, they are all over the place. But they come to the conclusion that if Philadelphia had the same air quality as Denver, Colorado, that the Phillies would be able to hit better than the Colorado Rockies. And you know what? They might be onto something there. Something to look into. If you're a scientist out there, uh, consider that as a scientific study. Now, Mr. Feeney blames himself for where this or presentation ended up because he let them choose their own partner. So he gives them the, uh, the chance to redo the project, but he says he's going to assign the partners this time. Sean gets paired with the Minkus, and Corey gets paired with... Hmm. I mean, you only really know three students in this class. Sean... And Minkus, who were paired together, and Corey, and who could it be? A random third friend? Or somebody else? Silently still while navigating Twitter. I sent you another creepy tweet in DM. Was it something I said? Oh, I know it was. I'm so sorry, Daniel Fisher. But what can I say? Hey, you are the love of my life because every rose smells like the panga. And you, the Panga Lawrence, are the flower of my eye. And I want nothing more than to the flower you. Every rose smells like the Panga.
opinions of Man Meets World and its host do not necessarily reflect fans not experts or the bozo who runs the website. Except in this case. Um, sorry about that. I, uh... <sighs> Cat is out of the bag. I have a, um... I guess you could say a soft spot in my heart for Daniel Fischel, my childhood crush and my adulthood crush. Um, if you are my wife right now and you happen to be listening to this episode, I really hope you stopped listening about two minutes ago. And uh, if you are my wife listen to, listening to this episode and you are still listening and you heard that creepy love song, um, get the papers ready and I will completely understand if you want a divorce. And uh, at the very least, I will sleep on the sofa where I will fall asleep and dream about Topanga. Sorry, I... <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, wife. But, you know. You knew this about me when you married me. What can I say? Anyways, warning to my listeners, things are going to get creepy and weird sometimes when I talk about Topanga because I truly love her. And uh, so, yeah, we were introduced to a new character, Miss Topanga Lawrence. Now, after Mr. Feeney tells Corey that he has to pair with Topanga, Topanga turns around in her desk. She goes, give me your hand. Corey's like, why? She goes, I want to see if our energies converge. And of course, this causes teasing from Sean. But Corey gives her his hand. And she decides that Corey is vibrationally acceptable. So as you can see, Topanga Lawrence right now is a weirdo. She's definitely a hippie, definitely a free spirit. But... Very intelligent, very cute young lady. And uh, you know what? I'm going to take back what I said in a previous episode because I believe it was in the pilot when I was talking about Eric Matthews and I said he probably does the biggest... Uh, this His character probably does the biggest evolution because he starts off as sort of a uh, pretty boy then sort of becomes like the dum-dum older brother then becomes like a complete wacko. And I, and I say that in the best way possible because Eric Matthews is awesome. He is hilarious. But Topanga Lawrence actually might have the bigger evolution of a, as far as character progression goes or as far as personality changes go because she starts as hippy-dippy and ends up as a hottie-hottie. Um, so I might have to take back what I said a few episodes ago, but hey, I have the right. It's my podcast, okay? Get off my back. Now, Corey is pleading with Feeney, please do not make me uh, work with Topanga. She is, like, totally strange. And Feeney's like, well, you know, strange is in the eye of the beholder. And he goes, I, uh think it's strange when I have a neighbor who sings along with his little sister's Barney records. Boom. Owned. Mic drop. Feeny one. Corey zero. 
on to the next scene. And we are in room number one, the cafeteria. And oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. It's Marla freaking Sokola with the same other chick that she did the oral presentation with. Now, I feel bad for Marla freaking Sokola for this episode because she would be hands down. And I'm saying this as, you know, through my sixth grade eyes when I watched this episode for the first time. She'd be the prettiest girl in the episode, but then it, then Danielle Fischel shows up. Poor Marla freaking Sokoloff. But anyways, the two ladies are talking, and they are overheard by Corey saying, why would I invite him to my party? He's gross. He's a complete Brillo head. Now, Corey thinks they're talking about him because he has the curly hair, and he gets super paranoid. So he sits down with Sean, and he asks him, like, dude, what can I do to fix my hair? And Sean's like, Dudes don't normally ask each other about each other's hair, but, you know, uh, I have a sister. What? Sean has a sister? Sean has a sister? This is news to me. We are four episodes in. No sister has ever been mentioned. Well, guess what? No sister is ever mentioned again. Um, they're my biggest, biggest complaint about Boy Meets World. In fact, my only complaint about Boy Meets World are all these little continuity errors. Uh, I, I said that word wrong. It sounded like I said continuity. I'm obviously thinking about <sighs> Daniel Fischel again. I'm sorry. Things are getting weird and creepy. I'm so- I warned you. I warned you, um, but there's all these little continuity errors, I should have said, and uh, that eh, irks me a bit, even though some of them become a running gag or they go back and make fun of themselves, which I like and I appreciate, things like Sean having a sister for one episode, never mentioned, never heard from again because for the rest of the series she does not exist, eh, eh, eh. But anyways, for the sake of the plot of Season 1, Episode 4, Sean has a sister who has something that will straighten hair, and he promises Corey that he will bring it over to him. Now, while Corey and Sean are at the lunch table, Topanga wanders over, and he tells, and she tells Corey, Corey, I got Jedediah to drive me to your house after school. Who's Jedediah? My father. Wait. You call your father Jedediah? That's his name. What do you call your father? Well, like a lot of normal people, I refer to him as dad. (laughs) Then how do you tell him apart from all the other dads? Long story short, Topanga arranges with Jedediah that uh, she can go over to Matthew's house to work on the project after school, and she also asked them to sign a petition To save the librarian's job. Now, this will come... This will play a bigger role later in the episode. So consider this a bit of foreshadowing. Oh no! Oh no. We're now in the Matthews house. Little sister Morgan, put her doll in the microwave. She runs to Amy. She runs to Mrs. Matthews. Who goes into the kitchen. Corey and Topanga are working there. Corey, your sister put 
her doll in the microwave. You didn't smell anything burning. You didn't see her do it. What is going on? Truth is, Corey is hard at work with Mr. Panga Lawrence. And I think, secretly between you and me, uh, Corey is a little bit distracted. I know I would be, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? But Corey tries out the first day anything, calls Mrs. Matthews Amy, does not go over well, and Corey's like, Topanga, see? I told you. But this is an important scene because it leads to a the real first interaction in-depth interaction we've had with Topanga and Corey, and this is something that will come into play much later in the series, I believe in season six. You can tweet me at MMWpod with the specific episode, or tell me if I'm wrong with the season, but I believe it is season six. Um, Take a listen for yourself. I kind of had a whole different approach to the report. Less conventional, more performance art. No, please, let's stick to conventional. (laughs) Conventional's good because no one laughs at conventional. (laughs) Read this poem out loud. Poem? Please, not a poem. (laughs) Sun. The only. The one. (laughs) Donut in the sky. Space, big gaping place. Without, within our skin. Donut in the sky. Freon. Fluorocarbon. Humpback whale. So pale. Exhaust. Is all lost? Donut in the sky. Yeah, we could do that in front of the class. But before we do, will you just please take a huge baseball bat and hit me over the head? You didn't think it had meaning? Yeah, it means we'll be laughed out of school. Why do you care so much what other people think? When people laugh at you, they're depleting their own karmic reservoir. (laughs) You're going to be one of those girls who doesn't shave her legs, aren't you? Chloe say that every time you're not true to yourself, the earth weeps. (laughs) Do they say that in their native Martian? (laughs) The earth is crying for you, Corey. I'd rather have the earth crying than my friends laughing. People make fun of you, Topanga. So? I couldn't take it. I just want to blend in. Well, you're sure good at it. You look like all the other plain-wrapped kids at school. Except for your red hat. Hey, I got that on cat night. I had to wait an hour in line. Well, if it's important to you, then it's beautiful. She is talking about his red Phillies cap. Aww. So, obviously from this scene... Corey is very worried about being laughed at. 
viewed differently. He just wants to blend in. I think most people in middle school do. You just want to get through the day and survive. And the best way to do that is to blend in. Topanga could care less. She follows the beat of her own drum. And she wants Corey to feel more comfortable in his skin. But like I said, this is their first, what I would consider the first real in-depth conversation. And like I also said, this scene will come back into play later on in the series, much later on in the series. And it's important to note that in this scene, it is the what I will call the iconic scene of Topanga with lipstick drawing a heart that turns into a peace sign on her face. So not long after Topanga doing her performance art, does Sean Hunter arrive at the Matthews house. Now, Sean brought the hair straightener. Corey and Sean shoot Topanga out. They run upstairs. And in the next scene, we're in the Matthews bedroom. There's a, an attached bathroom. Corey comes running out, yelling that it's burning. He's freaking out. It really hurts. So Sean calls her, calls his sister, Stacy. So first of all, Sean, you have a sister. And your sister has a name. And her name is Stacy. Stacy Hunter? What else are you not telling us, Sean? Ugh! So, Sean's asking Stacy, his sister, a whole series of questions. Stacy wants to know how long Corey has had the burning feeling for. Corey says 40, 45 minutes. Stacy's like, yeah, you should have taken it out about 45 minutes ago. So, Corey runs back into the bathroom. He watches it out. He washes it out. And then you just hear this scream. And in a funny moment, they show the city of Philadelphia, and then it spans out to planet Earth, and then it spans out to the solar system because the scream is so freaking loud. It can be out, it can be heard out past the Milky Way, apparently. So Amy and Eric, they hear the yell, they run upstairs, Corey emerges from the bathroom with this horrible, long, straight hair, causing Amy and Eric to ah! scream themselves. Alan, Mr. Matthews, eventually comes up, and they all give him a hard time about his hair. stick to that now man this is your fault you got the good hair yeah i did didn't i okay we can fix this just not with a comb it doesn't really matter mom his hair's gonna fall out eric stop it what i'm just saying kid at school tried the same thing bald as a cue ball she looks terrible i don't like my new dolly she's not wearing a pretty dress 
Well, honey, she's a businesswoman. I mean, this dolly has gone to college, has a good job, and doesn't need Ken to support her. <laughs> Who cares? I got a head problem here. Hey, it's Punky Brewster. <laughs> That's a hat, right? <laughs> yeah, try and take it off. <laughs> Corey, what did you do? I tried to straighten my hair, okay? With what? Shellac? <laughs> Dad, you think a little shampoo might... No. You see, the whole principle behind shampoo is that it actually has to touch your hair. It's completely ineffective if there's a polyurethane force field surrounding your hair. I just hope your hair doesn't fall out. Huh? Alan. Well, honey, a guy at work, Mike, put this kind of stuff in his hair, bald as a cue ball. Okay, listen up, family, because I admit I didn't know what I was doing when I put this stuff on my head. And I admit I didn't know what it was going to do to me. But here's the thing I do know. I am under no circumstances going to school tomorrow. Is that clear? No school for Corey. School, Corey, no. Guess what? Corey went to school. And we are back in room number two, Mr. Feeney's classroom. And Corey and Topanga are called up to do the report. Now, Corey is hiding his hair, so nobody has seen it. He's hiding it by wearing the infamous red Phillies hat. And Feeney demands he takes it off. There are no hats allowed in my classroom. Corey pleads with them. If there is any ounce of humanity inside you. Feeney goes. And my favorite line as a teacher. Too many sixth graders. Bled me of my humanity. I could not agree with you more Mr. Feeney. Every day I go to teach. My students. God bless them. Love them. Well, some of them, they bleed me of my humanity till I leave there at the end of the day. A hole of a man I used to be. So Corey takes off his hat. He gives a funny little pout. And everybody is laughing. I mean, everybody. Even the Minkus is laughing at poor Corey Matthews. Except Topanga. Topanga's just looking at him. Corey goes... Go ahead, laugh. Topanga goes, your hair looks different. Why would I laugh? Now we go back to room number one, the cafeteria. Sean is making fun of Corey even. Sean calls Corey duckhead because now the front of his hair is straight from the Phillies cap, so it looks like the bill of a duck. And Sean, by the way, is sitting at the table with another... Random friend. Now, if you have listened to the past episodes, I've talked about season one of Boy Meets World being the home of this random third friend. Always different. This friend is another different random friend. I feel like I'm saying the same words over and over again, which I probably am. But whatever. Screw you. This is my podcast. I do what I want. I'm a professional. I can speak kind of English and stuff. But this kid looks super familiar. So if you recall the pilot episode, we had a random third friend played by the same guy who played Squint in Sandlot. Well, guess what? This character is played by Yaya from the Sandlot. 
So obviously, the casting the the casting people of Boy Meets World are like me and everybody else with the brain. They love the Sandlot. So yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, is in uh, this episode, played by actor. His name is Marty York. By the way, for those of you wondering. So Corey's feeling a little bit rejected from Sean. And yeah, yeah. So he looks over where Minkus and Topanga are sitting. They are sitting at the what they call the weirdo table. But he's offered a seat. Corey sits down. Minkus offers him tofu. Uh, I'll take a steak. Am I right? <laughs> am I right? Uh, anyways, so the other sitting at the weirdo table. There is Darren wearing a cape. Corey asks Darren at one point, what's with the cape? Darren replies, what cape? No favorite part of mine of this episode. There is Ned, who is sitting with headphones on, playing a keyboard. Never says a word. Now, Ned might look super familiar to you because he's played by actor Chris Owen, who has appeared in many things, usually as a nerd or weirdo, uh, most notably, he appeared in, let's see, American Pie. He played the infamous Chuck Sherman. He was also in, for you pro, uh, professional wrestling fans, he was in Ready to Rumble, the horrible, despicable movie that World Championship Wrestling produced. He was in uh, a lot of those teen movies of the day, um... The sequel to Van Wilder. He was in uh, Can't Hardly Wait. She's All That. He basically made his living out of awesome 90s and early 2000s TV shows and movies. But in this one, he has a, in Boy Meets World, this episode is a very big part, no speaking lines. Um, and he plays the weirdo Ned playing the keyboard. So while Corey is sitting at the weirdo table trying to make small talk with everybody, uh, a girl comes over and she informs the weirdo table that she has not been able to get one single signature on the petition. Again, this is the petition to save the job of the librarian. She goes, can somebody else please take over? Try I get signatures. I'm having zero luck. Make his offers. But Corey is like, nobody here understands your classmates, understands your peers, because you guys are weird. You need somebody who can speak to them in a language that they understand. So, Corey uses Sean and Yaya as an example. Corey is like, take TV. What do you guys watch? The weirdos shout out things like Crossfire. Minkus loves himself some Angela Lansbury. Corey's like, well, normal kids watch Beavis and Butthead, which, by the way, gets a huge woo! Because in 1993, Beavis and Butthead was about as badass as it got. Now, in the next scene after that, Eric walks in on poor Corey, trying to recurl his hair. He has... What the heck are those things called? Somebody tweet me at MMWpod 
and tell me what, what are those like? I'm not a girl. I've never curled my hair. I have no hair, actually. I shave my hair. Um, somebody will have to tell me what those things are called. The, the like curling pegs or rods or rolls or iron. I, I have no clue. He has those curling things in his hair. And uh, he is begging Eric, you cannot tell anybody about this. But, of course, Eric takes a secret picture, and Eric's like, I own you now. So then we're back in the school, and wait a minute, is is this the school? It looks like a school, but it's it's a hallway. There's lockers. We're not in room number one. We're not in room number two. We're in a hallway. There's an actual hallway. This is our first time ever seeing another part of the school. And this is super exciting. Super exciting. So the weirdos are standing around the hallway by the lockers. They're like, oh, is Corey ever going to show up? We put him in control of the petition. And Well, Corey does show up with his hair curly and sticking straight up like the Bride of Frankenstein. Or as Yaya will call him later on. Don King. Now, Corey gets his fellow weirdos, because he is now one of them with his goofy hair, to handcuff themselves to the lockers in a way that they are blocking the hallway. And Corey goes, this is the only way out, and it's a Friday afternoon. We will not move until people go to the library and sign the petition. Wait a minute, wait a minute. As a teacher, this has me very concerned. You have a huge school filled with hundreds, if not thousands, of children, and there is only one way out? One way out of a school. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, what kind of public schools do you have there? If this was Detroit, eh, okay. I mean, your schools are like half-standing as it is. You probably do have one way out. Sorry to anybody who uh, is from Detroit and might be listening. But come on, one way out of a school, this is ridiculous. But anyways, for the purpose of the plot, kind of like Sean's imaginary sister, we'll roll with it. So we are blessed with more wise wisdom from the old soul himself, Corey Matthews, who gives an impassioned speech. How much longer are we going to wait for him? Just a couple more minutes. He's not going to show. We were stupid to believe him. I feel cheap. <laughs> I know you people are way too smart and mature to find something as degrading as this funny. <laughs> Look, the bell's going to ring any second. Are we going to help out Mrs. Rosemead or not? Let's rock and roll. <laughs> Remember, hold your ground. It's Friday afternoon, and we are the only roadblock to freedom. Things could get ugly. What are you geeks doing? We're going to miss the bus. Hey, look, it's Don King. <laughs> Here's the deal. The school board is forcing Mrs. Rosemead to retire. Who cares? It's the weekend. Come on, you guys. The woman's been here for 40 years, and they're just putting her out to pasture. Just sign our petition, and we'll move. Move or die. 
Okay, you can kill us. But think about this. Miss Rosemead's been here for like a billion years. She couldn't care less what we do. Hey, Larry, tell them how you got out of study hall last week. I told her I was training for the Olympic decathlon. <laughs> and she believed you, right? She bought me a discus. <laughs> See? She'll go for anything. Now, you know what's going to happen? They're going to hire someone young to replace her. And this one's going to have something to prove. And my good friends, study halls, we know it's going to be over. Forever. Where's the stupid petition? Cafeteria. I'm signing. <laughs> wow. You did great, Corey. It was kind of cool staring down an angry mob. I never knew I had it in me. Sometimes the reluctant warrior is the bravest warrior. <laughs> You're not gonna, like, kiss me now, are you? <laughs> Would it be your first kiss? Hey, don't come near me. <laughs> interesting if all your life you remembered that your first kiss happened when you thought you looked weird, wouldn't it? No, it wouldn't be interesting. Get away. <laughs> because then you'd know it's not what you look like on the outside that matters. It's what kind of person you are. You shouldn't kiss somebody you're not married to. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I would have to feel I really knew the person. And that I liked him. Good. Good. It was my first one, too. <laughs> I'm laughing watching this scene and seeing Corey Matthews' priceless face. It is one of shock and amusement. Topanga slams him up against the locker and kisses him. Turns out it was her first kiss, too. And that is my childhood and adulthood dream. Topanga slamming me against a locker or a wall. Give me a big old smooch. I can say this now because there's no way in heck my wife is still listening to this episode. But if you are, I, I'm totally kidding. Totally joking. Um, <laughs> love you, babe. So uh, this leads us to the final scene. We are in the cafeteria, and Corey, good for him, he stands up to the mean girls. I'm talking about Marla freaking Sokoloff and her nameless friend. He approaches the girls who are were making fun of this Brillo head, and he's like, hey, not cool. By the way, his hair is normal again, so all is good on the hair front. He's like, hey, not cool. And they were like, we were talking about my sister's friend. We are not bored enough to ever talk about you. See what I mean? Edgy mean girl. 
Marla freaking Sokoloff. So, Corey gets offered a seat at the weirdo table, but he promises boys, Sean and Yeah Yeah, that he would uh, sit with them again. But Minkus goes, listen, we always have a seat here for you if you need it, or want it. So Corey sits down with his boys, and we are shown Corey and Topanga sitting back-to-back at opposite tables. They look over each other's shoulders, smile, and then Topanga reaches into her backpack, takes out a red Phillies cap, and puts it on her head. Aww. So... We have reached the conclusion of Season 1 episode of Boy Meets World. Like I said at the start, probably my favorite episode of Season 1. If I change my mind as I work my way through the season, I will eat my words. But I think this is probably my favorite episode from the season, and it's because we are introduced to Panga. It's because we see... Sean and Corey being BFFs, I feel like really for the first time, we see Minkus and how he fits into the school setting and into their friendship setting more realistically. Uh, Because last episode when he was introduced, he was playing with Sean and the random third friend as part of the Water Wars. Even though he was the nerd and Sean was teasing him, he was still playing with them and still with them. And now we see him more as an outsider. And I really think we see even more of the dynamic in the Matthews family that was perfectly established in episode three. So without a doubt, I'm giving this five out of five Feenies. I think this was a wonderful, amazing, spectacular, impressive, whatever adjective that is positive episode Five out of five Feenies. So, I want to apologize again for getting creepy and weird, but like I said, and like I'll say many times over and over again throughout the seven seasons, I love Daniel Fischel. And nothing, and nobody will get in the way of our love, except maybe my wife. I am Brandon, the man that's been in the world. Follow me on Twitter. I mentioned it a couple times already, but follow me on there if you're not already at MMW Pod. That is at MMW Pod. Our website that hosts us is fans.experts.com. Check out the website, especially this month. My producer slash editor at Mikey underscore C on Twitter. He is doing an awesome Fans on Experts movie month where he is watching 30 movies in 30 days. Each day, he will post on Fans Not Experts about the movie and maybe even do a bonus podcast uh, on his geek podcast called Geek Mentality, which you can also find on fansnotexperts.com. So if you are a first-time listener or you've just been too lazy, please go to iTunes, subscribe, 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 to the Man Meets World podcast, please leave a review. I am very sad to say I have no new reviews to read on air. But if you leave a five-star review, hell, if you leave a four-star review, hell, if you 
leave a zero-star review. Leave me hate mail. Leave a review, and I will read it on the air. Guaranteed. I will shout you out. I will plug anything that you want to plug. Do you have a podcast of your own? I will plug it. You want more Twitter followers? I will plug it. Name it, and I will plug it. But you have to leave me a review on iTunes. And I hope it's positive. Please leave me a five-star review. I have three five-star reviews already. I would love more. So subscribe and download and listen on iTunes. You can also check out the Mammy's World podcast on YouTube. Get those YouTube views up. Uh, We're also on Stitcher. And, of course, the already mentioned fans.experts.com. So next time we'll be looking, of course, at Season 1, Episode 5. All of our main characters have officially been introduced. We have Sean, we have Corey, we have Minkus, we have Topanga. And, of course, the rest of the Matthews family, Alan, Amy, Morgan, and, last but not least, Eric. So stay tuned for more Boy Meets World shenanigans. Class dismissed. Fans not experts.